to be giving this message this morning and continue in our series in 1 John. I will be carrying on from verse 7 through to 17 this morning. So if you have your Bible, please turn there with me. Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I'm writing to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Amen. So from verse 7 through to 11, we see again this idea of walking in light, versus walking in darkness. And Bruce covered this for us in detail last week in his message. And if you haven't heard or listened to that message, I really encourage you to go and listen to it so that you have a better understanding of what it means to be walking in the light of God and where we are currently in 1 John. So to summarize it very briefly, in the book of 1 John and all over the Bible, in fact, God is described as light from the beginning in creation where he said, let there be light, to Jesus identifying himself as the light of the world. So we know that God is light. We know that God is perfect. And we know that Jesus, being the Son of God, is the light of the world. And from verse 8, we see this command is true in him and in you. So we know that Jesus fulfilled this command perfectly to walk in the light of God. And to love God the Father above all else, to the point of giving up his own life on the cross. But we, as sinful humans, we struggle with this. We struggle to walk in the light. And that is what we are dealing with today, specifically from verses 15 to 17, which is our key verse for today. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. 
So the question or thinking that I want you to walk away with today, after hearing this message, is am I loving the world or am I loving God? But I want to be clear that when you hear this message, I don't want you to hear it and feel overwhelmed with guilt about your sin and become legalistic in dealing with your sin and making a checklist of rules in order to solve it. Yes, the Word of God will pierce us like a double-edged sword, it says, and it will expose our sinfulness. But it also shows us the grace and goodness of God. So where I want you to hear this message from is from the perspective that John writes in chapter 1. We write this that our joy may be complete. So I pray that you hear it from that perspective, not from the overwhelming guilt of your sin, but that you would find comfort and satisfaction and joy in Jesus and in God and in loving Him rather than in loving the world. So to unpack this thought, I'm going to break this up into three points. First point, what does it look like to be loving the world? Secondly, what is actually wrong with loving the world? And three, how can we love God so that we don't love the world? The first point, what does it look like to be loving the world? I think in 2 Timothy 3, Paul sums this up very nicely for us. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of holiness but denying its power. And then we read in Matthew 10 verse 37 where Jesus says, Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So what are we seeing here? What is Jesus saying? That basically, if we value anything in this world, if we value even our own life over and above Jesus, we are not loving him. And we see from that verse in 2 Timothy some very relatable things in our lives personally that we can deal with. And we often tend to think, ah, oh, put too much value on fancy cars and expensive houses. That is loving the world. Or I want to be rich and I want to be famous. That is loving the world. And while that kind of thinking is definitely true, that's not where the problem comes from. And I think that's what Paul starts off with in this verse in 2 Timothy. People will be lovers of self. Think about it. Why would anyone love money? Or want more money. Because with more money comes more pleasure and joy and comfort and satisfaction in this world. And the world offers all the things that God offers. The only difference is that it's empty and temporary and fallible. And we fall for the vanity of it all. Why? Because we have become 
lovers of self rather than lovers of God. So in our poor judgment, we believe that this comfort and satisfaction that the world brings will last forever. And we fall deeper and deeper into this trap of sin, of walking in darkness instead of walking in light, of loving the world instead of loving God. So the word says people will be lovers of self. I ask myself, do I value my own life over and above Jesus? People will be lovers of money. We can ask ourselves, how much do I love money? How much do I sacrifice relationally with God and with other people in order to keep or make more money? Am I proud? Too proud to admit my sinfulness or when I'm wrong? Am I arrogant to the children and teenagers listening? Am I disobedient to my parents? Do I complain all the time, being dissatisfied with my life and where I'm at? Do I speak slanderously, as the word says, or do I speak with grace and love and salt? As Paul writes in Philippians, do I count everything as loss for the worth of knowing Christ? So now that we know what it looks like to be loving the world, we have an idea of what it looks like to be loving the world, we can think, hey, but it it can't be that bad. Surely I can love the world a little bit and love God at the same time. What exactly is the problem with that? Which brings me to the second point. What exactly is wrong with loving the world? We read in Matthew 6 the sermon Jesus gives to his disciples. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. So Jesus is very clear that you cannot love both God and money. You cannot love the world and God. You cannot love yourself and God. And as we read in our text, you cannot be hating your brother and saying that you are walking in the light and loving God. And I want you to notice two key problems that we find in our text today in loving the world. So if you read from verse 15 to 16, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So we can pick up two key problems there, just in that verse in loving in, with loving the world. The first problem is that the world is temporary and passing away, we see in verse 16. Second problem, verse 15, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So the first problem, the world is temporary and passing away. Friends, there's going to be a time when this world is going to end, when this world will be no more, and all the pleasures and all the desires and the things that we crave and desire in this world will come to an end and mean absolutely nothing. Sure, they might seem desirable now to have 
money and status and beauty and friends, but what are those things good for when we either pass away or when Christ returns? All we're left with is our soul, and our soul will either end up eternally with God or eternally in hell where it deserves because of how sinful we are. And now is as good a time as ever with the world in the, in the state that it's in to realize just how temporary and inconsistent and unstable the world is and just how not worth putting your love into the world is. You love your stocks, they can collapse, disappear, run out. You love your house or your car, they can crumble, burn, break down and disappear. You love your friendships and relationships. People move, people change, and people pass away. See, Paul is very zealous about this point in some of his letters. And in 1 Corinthians verse 7, he makes a very interesting statement. And I'm not going to read it, but to summarize, he says, Time is short. Time is running out. Stop wasting your time loving the world. Stop wasting your time behaving as though you believe that this world is going to last forever because it won't. For the present world in its current form is passing away, he says. So that is really the first problem with loving the world. is that it's really just a waste of time because it's temporary and passing away and all it will do is ultimately disappoint you. The second problem that we find in our verse Verse 15, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So the second problem is that a love for God, the Father, and Jesus is either missing or lacking. And your, your love for God could be missing because you don't believe in him at all, or it's lacking because you're distracted with the world. And this is really the, the root of the problem that a love for God is missing or lacking. We read, the love of the Father is not in him. But that comes after, if anyone loves the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What does that look like? What that looks like to me is that it sort of turns our thinking on its head, where we think, I'm not loving God because I'm loving the world. But what if we thought about it like this? I'm loving the world because I'm not deeply and authentically in love with God and deeply and authentically in love with Jesus. So that is the second problem and what I believe to be the major problem here that needs to be solved in order to not love the world. Which brings me to the third and final point for this message how can we love God so that we don't love the world? Now, this is what I, where I want to try and get a little bit practical. See, I can convince you not to love the world. I can convince you why loving the world is bad, what the consequences are of loving the world. But then our natural inclination is to go and create a checklist and set a list of rules for us to not love the world and we, we try and fix them ourselves and become legalistic. In John 14, we read where Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We see the same sort of pattern again. Do you see the similarity between that 
And if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It really turns our thinking on his head. What, he, what Jesus is saying here in John 14 is not that keeping his commands is showing him that you love him. Rather, what he is saying is that keeping his commands is a fruit of loving him and being in love with him. And that's why we sing in that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, that the things of the world will grow faintly dim in the light of his glory and grace. So again, getting practical, how can we love God more so that we don't love the world? Now, I can't give a five easy steps list on how to love God more. But our text today does highlight something important for us to consider. If we read, just going back to the text from verse 12, I'm writing to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you children because you know the Father. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. And we also read in verse 17, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So this is very helpful in our thinking in how we cannot love the world. We read there over and over again, because you know him. Because the word of God abides in you. So friends, we need to be consistently renewing our mind. As we read in Romans 12. Do not be conformed to the things of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to be constantly renewing our mind. Through the reading of God's word. And in prayer with him. How can we love God more if we are not spending time with him, spending time in his very word and growing in our knowledge and faith in him. But in the same breath, we can have all the knowledge in the world. We can know all the laws and commands in scripture, but without allowing it to be fruitful in our lives and allowing us, allowing it to change us and pierce our hearts and show us our sinfulness, it means nothing. And to show us just how good and gracious God has been to us, it means nothing. And we end up becoming just like the Pharisees that Jesus rebukes heavily. To try and illustrate this, I want to read the story from Luke 7. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisees' house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with, with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. She is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said, two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one 
who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Why is it the sinful woman in this story that Jesus says loves him, and not the Pharisee who knew all the laws and commands? Because she recognized just how sinful and broken she was, and how desperately she needed the grace and love and forgiveness of Jesus. And that is exactly who we need to be. Not Simon, not the proud one who won't acknowledge or recognize our sinfulness, but the one who humbles himself at the feet of Jesus because we recognize how sinful we are by nature and how much we need the grace and forgiveness of Jesus and remembering what he has done for us on the cross every single day. We look at the Israelites, how God saved them out of Egypt and they spent how many years walking through the desert, complaining and complaining and making idols out of the things around them rather than remembering what God had done for them by saving them. And that's who we need to be. People who remember where we have been saved from. So yes, we need to spend time in Scripture. I encourage you, spend time in these Scriptures. The verse that I read today from 2 Timothy 3 was just one of the verses that show us what it means to be loving the world and what sin is and what the commands of God are. So we should be reading these scriptures, allowing the Word of God and the Spirit of God to work in our hearts and change our hearts and expose just how sinful we are. But more than that, to remember the goodness and graciousness of God and loving Him because of that and because of who He, he is. So that is what it looks like practically to be loving God. It's not a, a list of rules or a checklist that we can put together in order to love God more and to not love the world. Yes, we must kill sin. We must fight sin in our lives. But that we will not be able to do on our own. We can do that. We can love because He first loved us, the Word says. So friends... To not love the world, what I believe is that we need to love God more. Fall in love with Him again through the Word, through prayer, through remembering what He has done for us and who He is, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, just given this message, I recognise my own sinfulness. I recognize who I am as a, a sinful human man who is often proud, too proud to admit when I'm wrong. And Lord, that's true of many of us. And I pray for your forgiveness for us, Lord. And we thank you that you, through sending your Son 
on the cross have forgiven our sins as far as the east is from the west. And Lord, because of that, we can love you. We can call ourselves your children. And Lord, I pray that we would spend time in your word. Spend time in prayer with you, Lord. Show us where we are sinful. Show us where we are disobedient. Show us where we are loving the world instead of loving you. But Father, give us a deeper love for you through the power of your spirit, I pray. Help us to love you more so that the things of this world will grow faintly dim in the light of who you are. In Jesus' name, I pray.